Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hello, Andrew. Hey there, Edwin. Want to talk about probably some people's favorite passage in the Bible yeah. today? Yeah, Galatians 5, as it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. Oh, yeah, the fruit of the Spirit. This is great. We have songs about that. We do. There have been sermon series about that. Uh-huh. There have been Bible classes written about that. Yes. And we're going to, I don't know, try to add something new? Probably. Maybe not. You know what? There's, <laughs> I, I, heard a, I, heard a, I heard a sermon one time about the value of reminding. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't have to be new all the time, does it? It doesn't have to be new all the time. And what I remember from those songs is that the fruit of the Spirit's not an apple. It's not an apple. All right. So it might we'll be, it's not a fig. I can tell you that. It's not a fig. <laughs> it's not a fig. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and read it? Galatians Let's 5, see what 16 it is. through 26. All right. Galatians 5, 15 through 26, 16 through 26 in the New King James Version. I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another, so that you do not do the things that you wish. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such there is no law. And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, Let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. There's a whole lot about the Holy Spirit in this last half of Galatians chapter 5. Yeah. And kind of like what we talked about, I think, on Monday or maybe Tuesday, that sometimes what's happened, at least for me, Mm -hmm. in talking about these passages in Galatians, having skipped over everything that came before it, and just jump to this passage because I want to talk about the fruit of the Spirit. Because who doesn't want to talk about love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control? We talked about love yesterday. We did. We all <laughs> want to talk about those things. Those those are the fruit that we want. We want them in our lives. And so it's easy to just jump to this passage and miss that, that Paul has been leading up to this for four and a half chapters. Yeah, that's a good point. And I specifically want to bring that out because there has been a great deal throughout Galatians just about the Spirit, talking about the promise we received from the yeah, Spirit. Right. Did you receive the Spirit through the works of law or by hearing yeah. of faith? And then again, and I brought this up yesterday, that allegory in chapter four, yeah. which because it confuses us why Paul would use it that way, I know I ignore it a lot. I kind of want to jump over that because I'm afraid it's going to get me in some discussions I don't know what to do with. And so, so well, well, that's what a podcast is all about. Yeah, let's just talk about that real quick and move <laughs> on to something else. But, but I'm noticing that if I go back to that allegory, mm-hmm. remember we learned a few weeks ago about this contrast of spirit and flesh. Right. And in the allegory, it talked about 
Ishmael being the one who was born according to the flesh. flesh. And Isaac was the one who was born according to the spirit, spirit. Galatians 4.29. Mm-hmm. However, in verse 23, instead of using flesh and spirit as the contrast, do you remember that he used flesh and promise, promise. Yeah. as the contrast? In other words here, this being born of the spirit meant being born according to the promise. Mm-hmm. Being led by the Spirit means, means being led by the Spirit's promise. promise. We're, we're back to that whole concept of the hearing of faith. I have heard the promise, uh-huh. and I have acted accordingly. I know what the Spirit has promised, mm-hmm. and I behave in that way. I believe the promises that God has revealed through His Spirit, yeah. and I'm letting that guide and lead me. Mm-hmm. And so this, this idea that being led by the spirit is some type of special in addition to God's revelation and promises that there's some in addition, I've got to figure out how the spirit is going to lead. Well, Abraham and Sarah, Mm -hmm. they were being led by their flesh when they chose to come up with this plan and contrive this plan regarding Hagar, that somehow Hagar would produce a child on behalf of Sarah and Hagar would produce an heir. And Paul said that was working according to the flesh, their Mm -hmm. own strength, their Mm -hmm. own planning, their own accomplishing of God's plan. But Isaac, when all they did was just live as a married couple, follow God's will about marriage, God made a promise to them. And when they did that, they had the son according to the promise, which was born according to the Spirit. They were led by the Spirit when they did that. Now, let me ask you this. When you look at that story, when you see what comes out of that story between Abraham and Sarah and Hagar and Ishmael and Isaac, how many of the things that came out of that event are fruit of the Spirit, and how many of them were works of the flesh? Wow. Yeah, with... uh... It's the works of the flesh. Absolutely. I mean, the the first three that are mentioned, the sexual immorality, the sensuality, the impurity, I guess through some technical sense, we might say that back at that time before the law was even revealed, that this concubinage was technically not unlawful. But as we go through all of God's plan, we realize that what Abraham and Sarah did there with Hagar was not at all what God's hope for marriage and sexual purity would be. That's fair. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely violating every bit of that. But if we're going to skip past that, we still end up with envy, dissension, rivalries, fits of anger, strife, enmity, jealousy, uh, uh, division. All of those things came out of what Abraham and Sarah did as they came up with this plan with Hagar. There was no love. There was no joy. There was no peace. There was no goodness, kindness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. None of that was there because they followed the flesh. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, even as you said, it occurs to me, and, and uh, Ishmael then gets these qualities, these attri- qualities att- attributed to him. You know, he's a wild donkey of a man. Yeah. He's going to turn his hand against every other man. And it's, it's uh, again, it's, it's this type of envy and contention. And as we pointed out yesterday, because this was not love, this was not faith working through love. What Abraham and Sarah did here with Hagar was not being faithful to God. It was not faith working in love with Hagar. What ended up happening? There's a whole lot of biting and devouring and consuming of one another that actually has extended now 
for millennia mm-hmm. between those who would claim descendants from Ishmael and those who would claim either biological or spiritual descendancy from Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Just a whole lot of that. Uh, it's it, it all pieces together here. You know, and these are fantastic connections. I'd love to circle back to something you said a second ago or a minute ago, um, you know, about the desire to 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 be spiritual and what does it look like or mean to be led by the Spirit or to live in the Spirit. And we've talked about this a little bit. There, there is a desire among Christians. Sometimes you get to hear, I don't know, these kind of charismatic teachers talking and they say things like, you know, I heard God tell me the other day or you know, the Spirit's prompting me in my heart and... You know, if you're sitting there and you're saying, well, I'm a Christian, but I, I don't, God doesn't talk to me. I don't know what that would feel like that way. We can start to feel like somehow, well, I must not be spiritual. I must not be led by the Spirit. Maybe I'm not even a Christian or I'm a substandard Christian. But I take great comfort in looking at this passage and saying, well, what's the evidence of your being led by the Spirit? What's the evidence that you're walking in the Spirit? Well, it's actually the fruit of the Spirit. Yeah. Are these things in your life? And it's not about, I don't, I'm not hearing the voices or feeling nudges. It's it's the fruit of the Spirit. Do I have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control? And if we're not careful, we, we, we feel like we're falling short spiritually, but it, we've got the wrong standard by which we're even considering these things or judging these things. Conversely, if people are telling you, uh, you know, God told me the other day, or I'm just following these promptings in my heart, but what's characterizing their life? Is it these lusts of the flesh? Is it uncleanness and lewdness? Is it, you know, outbursts of wrath and drunkenness? You know, those are the things that are the sign that say, hey, you're not being led by the Spirit. You're not following the Spirit. It's the flesh following you. And, um, you know, I just, I don't want people to feel, uh, Christians especially, to be doubting that they are in the Lord or even faithful to the Lord because they're not having these, you know, amazing experiences that some people talk about. But we need to be living right here and looking right here at Galatians 5, and it'll help us understand if we're following the Spirit or if we're not. It seems to be a kind of litmus test. Yeah, I, I mean, I think it is like a scriptural one and not some guy talking. <laughs> and this is a growth process. I mean, the reality is every single one of us still has some of this work of the flesh in us. We're issues, fighting the temptations, and we're even told to be prepared for that, aren't we? Yeah. That, that there is this lusting or this fighting going on between spirit and flesh. I think the issue is trajectory. Mm-hmm. And the recognition that I am giving greater and greater and greater control over to the spirit which I do as I take a look at God's promises. I'm looking at God's promises and I'm saying, I believe those promises. I'm going to act. I'm going to act in according with the, in accordance with those promises. It's not, okay, give me the list of rules. Give me the list of rules. Yeah. You know, uh, I think about even as I'm raising my children, uh, one of my kids for just his entire life has been every time I'm like, look, don't do that. Why? What'll happen if I do? Huh. You know, do this. Why? What'll happen if I don't? Very cause and effect minded. Very right cause there, and huh? effect. Very, <laughs> what's the rule? What's the reason for the rule? Just give me the rule. Can you prove this has to be a rule? You can't prove that you can't prove that this is a rule. I mean, wait, it's wait, just wait. Been a, where does this child get this from? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 
<laughs> we can have that very prove to me this is a rule. Now, now what yeah. what really blows my mind is as I work with Christians, mm-hmm. it's the folks who are most dogmatic about you can't prove this is a rule, so I'm going to do what I want here. Mm-hmm. That accuse everybody else of being legalists. <laughs> I have seen that myself. Instead of That's recognizing <laughs> that you've got to prove this is a rule for me, yeah. otherwise I'm going to do what I want, and seeing themselves as legalists. Because when I am following the Spirit, what do mm-hmm. I pursue? I pursue love, joy, peace, and I pursue yeah. it with all I've got. Yeah. And I'm not sitting there trying to draw lines and cut corners because there is no law against those things. I am pursuing them with everything. And my question is not, what's the rule? My question is, what is love? Mm-hmm. What is joy? Mm-hmm. What is peace? What are those things? And and I'm going to be planting those seeds, whether you prove it's a rule for me or not. I'm going to be planting the seeds that that produce that kind of stuff that draws me closer to God through His Spirit. I'm going to listen to God's promise, and I'm going to pursue it with everything I have. To the degree that those works of the flesh are still in me, yeah. I'm not following the Spirit. Yeah. To the degree that those fruit of the Spirit are growing in me, I am increasing following the Spirit. And I think that's an important thing for us to grasp. Uh, one final thing before we wrap up here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, w- I, one of the things that I got out of this this time as we're studying it and reading it every day and, and talking about it is that, you know, th- I think what uh, I think Paul is anticipating an objection here that folks are going to say, well, if you're telling me I'm freed from the law, I can just go do whatever I want. And Paul is highlighting that's not the way it works. But here's the thing you need to understand. If you're pursuing the law, Mm -hmm. trying to save yourself by the working of your own flesh, by your own strength, by your own power, you need to understand what working by your own strength ultimately produces. It always leads to these things. Even while you're white knuckling and for a time maybe doing some right things by your own strength and by your own power, ultimately if you're trying to justify yourself through your own working Understand this is where it ends up, these works of the flesh. Mm -hmm. Because love, joy, peace, patience, that doesn't come from you and your own strength. That comes from the Spirit and giving yourself over there. Amen. Well, I think we need to wrap up, and uh, let's just go ahead and jump into a prayer here. Holy God, thank you so much for your Spirit. And thank you for the promises that you've given by your Holy Spirit. Strengthen our faith. Strengthen our faith and our faithfulness that we will hear these promises and believing them, we will act accordingly. We will let our faith work in love, recognizing that you have promised salvation in Jesus. And so our faith will work doing whatever you've said, acting in accordance with the promises you've given. Lord, we cannot save ourselves. There's no amount of working we can do that will earn our way into your good grace. But Lord, we are thankful that you have provided salvation in Jesus and we believe it's there, we're going to serve him. We love you so much, Father. It's through him that we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. 
Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna! Christ is captain of the mighty throne.